Mike Rhodes continues to add to this Nittany Lion roster. They just got Rayquandis Mitchell, dynamic scoring guard, but they still need some help. They got some more spots to fill, and it needs to come in the front court. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko. I am your host of the show, and I am joined by a special guest recruiting uh, analyst for Rivals, and that is Zach Smart. Great name, by the way, over on nice, the bro. other side. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate the time. And, and Zach, before him, not talking in third person here, uh, Mr. Smart over there, uh, where can people keep up with your work? I see, you know, of course, you do a great job with Rivals. You have your own LLC. What do you want people to know about you? Um, Basically, Zach, uh, I'm a wide-ranging recruiting guy. I cover a little bit of everything on both coasts. So you can keep up with day-to-day happenings through, obviously, my Twitter, at ZSmart914, or at www.nychoops.net active in the metro area and i'm from there so i'm kind of a junkie when it comes to that uh type of recruiting so there or obviously with, with Rutgers, penn state rivals um that's really primarily where i'm at so fantastic and penn state picks up uh, raekwondis mitchell from university of missouri kansas city the kangaroos uh he is signed he is uh he's part of the roster now penn state has nine of those scholarship spots filled I, before we get to Mitchell and his type of play, I, I broke it down in just kind of a quick 60-second reaction. I love the way he scores. He's versatile, can score yeah. from both sides of the wing for when he's a three-point shooter. He's not afraid of contact. When I was watching highlights and film of him, he's not afraid of contact. But we're going to get to that in the second segment, talk about some high school recruiting for Penn State for basketball later on in the show. But begin with who Penn State is going after now. Zach, Penn State still has a few more spots to fill, as we've yeah. already mentioned here. Yep. What 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 do they need in your opinion still? Um, you know, I think bigs and guys that'll fortify the front line are obviously a, an area where, you know, these guys are really prioritized. And I think I put something out the other day about Papa Conte, 6'10, guy moves really fluidly at 6'10, 225. He yeah. can guard the one through four. He's a lob finisher. Zach, I saw him on the EYBL last uh summer with the New York Rens, and the guy is really a jack of all trades type of deal on defense. He can shuffle his feet, he can sit down on guards. Um, he's got a nice feathery touch from 18 to 20 feet. So, and obviously there's going to be a lot of suitors for him and I don't know how realistic it is that he'll wind up at Penn state, but you know, guys of that magnitude, it's been a crazy whirlwind year, not only with the coaching changes, but with guys decommitting and, you know, I've never seen anything like this as far as a transfer frenzy, but you know, even when you talk about guys like Mitchell, you know, obviously a lot of stops, you know, different journey, but that's not atypical in today's environment. And, you know, I'm just excited for what he has to offer. Uh, prolific score. Uh, so, I think ultimately it's going to um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what resources they tap into and who they continue to bring in. But you know, high school recruits are kind of uh, they kind of take a back seat in today's times with all these transfer guys, grad transfers, fifth year guys, you know, twenty five year old seniors. Those guys are kind of the uh, the prioritized figures in this environment. So, yeah, and call it college teams know that they they want to be older they want to have more veterans uh if you can get somebody that can give you one to two years who's already developed i mean this is college 
look, you know, I'm not here to speak on the COVID-19 pandemic, but that extra year of eligibility that players have now used that that's still going on, right? It, it'll finish yeah. the cycle here. But I, I totally agree with your point that it, it hurt that wave of high school. Uh, you know, people are incoming from high school that they didn't yeah. have those those scholarships that were available because they were going to fifth year seniors, sixth year seniors, because you yeah. want them leading your team and not a developmental project who's, 18, 19 years old. Exactly. And those guys really are in the mind of the coaches and they're a safer bet. You know, why would you invest four years in someone that, you know, isn't proven when you got a guy that averaged 18, 19 points a game, you know, three schools in five years. I know it's a little confusing and it gets a little agonizing and you kind of feel bad for, you feel for the high school and prep and even some of the Juco guys that are getting overlooked, but you understand it from a business perspective. Yeah. And for, so for Penn state, they are going after those veterans. And like I said, I have specifically the high school recruits that they've missed out on. We'll talk about that in the final segment, Zach. So, yeah. and I, but I agree with you, Penn state, right? They, they've picked up Caduce Wahab and I thought that was a huge, uh, oh, literally yeah. a huge, yeah. a huge get metaphorically. Too, right? and literally. Yeah. Big boy right there. Yep. <laughs> and they have Demetrius Lilly because it, so I, I've harped on the fact that I feel like the backcourt just with Ace Baldwin, Kanye Clary, uh, Jameel Brown definitely needed more guys there. But even though they get Wahab, Wahab can't play 40 minutes every single game. They're going right. to need other options. And I don't know that Demetrius Lilly is going to be ready just yet. I mean, he was someone that didn't see any action a season ago. And if Penn State's still targeting big men that fit more of the frame of a Lilly, of a Wahab, then that's kind of telling that maybe – Demetrius Lilly isn't ready to be the number two center behind Wahab that he's still going to be a third option. Right. Well, you know, at this point you can't really project the future so early. I think they're going to be, they've been extremely active on the portal. Um, obviously Mike Rhodes is a tremendous recruiter and his ties to the DMV area certainly bolster the program at this point. And, you know, um, you see what he did last year going 27 and eight, you know, having a tournament berth and just having a wealth of options. So I think realistically, um, frontline depth is an area that every school has been honing in on. And, you know, Penn State is no different. So um, I can see them definitely adding and, you know, um, adding some veteran pieces and continuing to uh, scour the market for the best available. You know, whether that's a first year transfer, whether that's a third year transfer, whether that's a graduate transfer. I mean, they're going to be, you know, they're going to leave no stone unturned, as they say. So I'm just looking forward to what's next. And, you know, it's obviously all hearsay until the kid actually commits or signs his NLI. So it's open to a lot of interpretation. And we've already mentioned Papa Conte, the Michigan product, who is probably going to land somewhere else just because, again, you've already brought in a Caduce Wahab for the Nittany Lions perspective. Yeah. But they got they got four other scholarships open. So, what Zach, what else are you hearing as far as who they've contacted, who they're interested in, who's interested in them? I know Shamari Allen, was uh, who's a teammate of Mitchell's. Yeah, you know, uh, so Mitchell beat Allen to the punch for one of those scholarship spots. Well, so who's kind of out crazy. there for Penn State? It's crazy, Zach, because Allen is, you know, his story is so similar to Mitchell's yep. being an overlooked guy, you know, a lot of stops along the way, you know, had a foray into the Juco ranks and wind up revitalizing his career through that pathway. And I think that he really, uh, again, like Mitchell, who I think went from eight to nine points a game to 17 this past yep. year and, you know, and blew up and averaged 26.3 during one three game span, you know, from Christmas to the start of the new year. I think Allen's kind of that same type of guy that's a mid-major guy that really had some big performances on some elevated stages that ramped up his stock. You know, I think he's really 
like Mitchell, he's defensively versatile. He can guard on the ball. He can melt away the passing lanes. And he's kind of almost a similar um, a similar threat. Obviously, they're different players, but they're both really you know adept at scoring the ball at all three levels, manufacturing points in every way possible. And, you know, Allen, I think, had – I want to say he had five or six games of eight three free throw attempts or more. And then you have Mitchell, who had about five games of 10 free throws or more. I think he was 12 for 16 against North Dakota. But, I mean, really – that's the type of guys that that are being heavily prioritized and featured in this market. Guys that have that wealth of experience, and you know, obviously, both of those guys slip through some cracks recruiting wise, and you know, they come well traveled. But I think he would would definitely be a good pickup. I know Florida just offered him. Yeah. Um, I know they have some guard play coming in, and you know, they're going to be good uh, after you know, kind of an up and down year. But they got a great young coach and Todd Todd Golden analytics guy, so. You know, they've come into view, but you know, really, I think Jaden Reed. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure on whether they're going to get take another guard at this point, or whether there's still interest in the table, or whether they they've been active with him. But he's a guy that's a late blossoming recruit. Um, he was New York State Player of the Year, led the NIBC conference in assists with close to six a game. Uh, he had 20 points and 14 assists, and just a tremendous performance in leading them to a uh, Long Island Lutheran to a victory over Stepanak in the state federation. So I think he's a guy that could, could turn some heads late as kind of a uh, late blossoming recruit. And, uh, you know, I understand Rose was recruiting him at VCU and, you know, we'll see how that plays out. So there's really a number of, of different options they can take. Any other names that Penn state fans should know about, or at least be excited that Penn state's in contact with them. Uh, I'm still learning as we go. You know, I'm checking. I'm checking right now. It could happen yeah. any minute. It could happen any second. So, right. <laughs> no, but that's a, at least a good group, a solid group. And uh, they, unfortunately, I think Penn State's past the point. Like they got all their headliners, right? The, the yeah. a, Ace Baldwin. I would even consider a Kanye Clary a headliner as well because oh, he yeah. didn't enter the transfer portal, but he stayed. Just any of those names, Caduce Wahab, uh, Puff Johnson, they got all those guys. Now it's a matter of finding some of those role players that are going to be able to give you 15, maybe 20 minutes, maybe, uh, but be specific, uh, have a specific plan for them. You're not going to go get the superstar at, at this point. At least I don't think so. Yeah, I think Puff is is obviously another example of a guy that, you know, he's coming off kind of a uh, topsy-turvy year. You know, he's definitely had his fair share of injuries, but again, you know, two years ago in that final four, he came off the bench, scored 11 points, and, you know, he was a significant role player on that team, which earned a berth in the national championship just two years ago. So I think a lot of this recruiting and a lot of this transfer market is predicated on guys that could have a possible recharge and be better somewhere else. And I think he falls in line with a guy that in the right system could potentially flourish. It is Locked On Nittany Lines. My name is Zach Seiko, joined by Zach Smart on the other side. We're going to talk about Raekwondis Mitchell's player profile, go do a deep dive into what he brings offensive, defensively, and just his personality. But before we get to that, let's hear from one of our sponsors of today's episode, and that is Built. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need to try the best protein bar out there and that is built you've got to try this if you're like me where you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste the thing for you is built bars and built puffs 
Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You're not going to think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That is right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I I'm really not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what is even better is that they are healthy. I got to remind you, 130 calories four grams of sugar, a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box anymore for years. We told you to go to built.com to get your built bars, which you still can do. You can get your specialty bars at built.com, but now you can head over to your local, local Walmart or Sam's club to get your flavors. That's right. Head to the nearest Walmart today and walk over to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's club, run in, grab your a 13 bar box with hip flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff you can thank me later and thanks so much for making locked on nittany lions your first listen and watch every single day locked on nittany lions is your go-to podcast for penn state rivals visit happyvalleyinsider.com for everything penn state athletics that is happyvalleyinsider.com and an article that is going to appear on that website is from zach smart talking about raekwon mitchell in depth getting a, a player profile so that Nittany Lion fans can understand what he is best at. I tried to summarize it in 60 seconds. I hope I did a good enough job, but that's why we bring the expert on to get that expanded point of view. So Zach, when you look at Raekwondis Mitchell as a player now at Penn State, why does his game fit so well with Mike Rhodes, the system, and the Nittany Lions? Well, I think, Zach, with their, um, with their defensive uh, aptitude and with their uh, emphasis on defensive uh, efficiency, I think he's got great positional size as a six-foot-five guy that can sit down on guards, that can guard on the ball, guard off the ball. You know, um, he's got length and a wingspan, and he's able to really convert uh, turnovers and transition leakouts, active hands all across defensively. And I think that's one aspect of his game that might get undersold that not everyone knows about. But, I mean, the proof's in the production. You know, yeah, he went from averaging eight to nine points a game in one year to, you know, 17 a game. Uh, he had a tremendous performance down in Florida against an FGCU team coached by Pat Chambers that, you know, yeah. they got off to a really good start this year. They faltered a little bit down the stretch, but they got off a really good start. And in that game, I want to say Mitchell had 29 points. You know, he shot nine for 13 from the field. Uh, I think he shot five for eight from three-point range. So, you know, he's had a number of games where he went for, you know, hit five threes or more. And then I think he had five games in which he shot 10 free throws or more. So I think you're getting a guy that really brings uh, veteran experience and obviously just the proven know-how and readiness that's translatable immediately. And, um, you know, I think he's got a, a real, you know, momentum rolling from this past season, which was obviously, you know, the best season of his career. So I think that him playing off the ball with Baldwin and, you know, also playing some point guard too, you know, I think he's definitely going to bring an immediate uh, scoring and obviously defensive presence that they're going to benefit from. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I like that he's versatile, right? And the fact that he can yeah. be a one or a two guard, uh, he can play alongside ace. It doesn't have to be one of them on the floor. And I I'd like to see them both on the floor at the same time. And I again, I, I already said this before, Mitchell's game stands out in the fact of he can shoot from the wing, he can shoot around the arc. Uh, he can drive to the basket. You talked about him having double-digit uh, free throw attempts in select games, but he's—I I like someone that he can pump fake, 
use the ball fake to his advantage. Do you see him as a starter in that two spot? Because Ace is going to be the one. He's going to be the ball handler anytime he's on the floor. Or do you see Mitchell coming off the bench and being a sixth or a seventh man for Penn State? Um, You know, I can't project right now what's going to happen. But I think, you know, based on his pedigree and based on what he has to offer, he should definitely start. And he should definitely be an instant impact guy uh, playing quality minutes and obviously giving them a perimeter presence. Um, you know, obviously they lost a lot of shooters uh, from last year's roster cleanse, you know, Andrew Funk, guys that can really shoot the snot of the ball. And I think that he brings that instantly. And um, I think that will really uh, benefit them from the get-go based on what he did last year. You know, you talk about that streak before, uh, with, you know, a lot of games in the high 20s. And, you know, he, he does run, tend to run hot and cold. And, you know, like every ball-dominant score at that level, he could go streaky. But the fact that he scores it in so many ways and he's able to get to the free throw line, you know, with such real, relative ease, I think that definitely bodes well. I think that will, you know, work in his advantage as uh, this young or this new Penn State team looks to find its identity. Zach, do you have any insight as far as why Penn State might have selected Mitchell over a teammate in Shamari Allen? Again, they both played for the Kangaroos last year, and they had identical numbers, both of them averaging over 17 points per game, both of them blossoming the same way. I mean, Allen went from five points to 17, and as you mentioned, Mitchell went from nine to 17. So I, I thought Shamari Allen was definitely intriguing, but again, they go and get his teammates. So is Mitchell just better than Allen? Is Allen looking other places? Why would Penn State go with one teammate uh, over the other? I mean, like the rest of recruiting, you know, it's never been an exact science. And, you know, uh, it, obviously it's not a dice shoot, but I can't really, you know, pinpoint what exactly happened there. You know, I know Shamari's just hearing from new teams every day. And, um, you know, he's another kid that really, you know, came out of obscurity, wasn't highly recruited out of high school. Uh, went to Believe Prep when they had, you know, uh, Dexter Dennis, who wound up having a tremendous college career. And then obviously Jason Preston, who was recently in that commercial, and everyone knows his story, being a uh, kind of the poster boy for underrated, averaging two points per game in high school and then winding up uh, at Ohio based on an email uh, with Game Film Attached. And, you know, how often does that happen? So um, realistically, I think that you really can't go wrong with either of them in your system. They're both mid-major guys that are, you know, really attracting heavy interest in that market. You know, obviously um, Mitchell is going to have the type of presence and the type of veteran presence that younger players are going to feed off of. And they both played for a tremendous coach in Marvin Menzies, who's really a legendary figure in this business, Southern Cal guy who's had success really everywhere he's been. But I really can't give you a concrete answer as to what – you know, solidified that deal over the other. But, you know, at this point, I think you really can't go wrong with either of them. What prediction do you have if, if you do have one for a stat line, at least a, a potential one of what Mitchell's capable of when he's wearing blue and white this upcoming? And he's only got one year of eligibility left, so he's got to make the most of it. But, Zach, what would you say is ideally for someone coming from the mid-major now to power five, uh, what he can do at Penn State, given he plays, let's say, 20 to 25 minutes. What is he capable of? I think around, you know, anywhere from 13 to 15 points per game. Wow. And I think, you know, uh, 40 percent from three. And wow. I think that, you know, he's going to have, you know, I liken it to um, the kid that played at Georgetown this past year, Primo Spears. He went from Duquesne and a lot of people doubted he'd have that type of impact. Obviously, Georgetown had a really down, downtrodden, forgettable year, but. A lot of people, when 
a lot of people didn't foresee him having that type of impact. And then he went off and all of a sudden he was their best scorer. So I think that sometimes the change in conference and the shift in, shift in scenery gets almost, you know, played up a little bit. So I think with, um, with Mitchell, I think he's going to translate instantly based on riding the momentum of last year. So I, I foresee him at least, you know, 12 to 15 points. Obviously he's going to have to not take as many shots as he did. You know, he right. had a lot of games where he shot 20 plus shots. I think with the lineup they have, he's not going to have to require to be as ball dominant, but I still think that, you know, he's got the aptitude and he's got the ability to soften the defense with his three point shooting and also dissect the defense. He's very crafty. Uh, as we said, many times he, he finishes uh, through hard contact and he earns trips to the free throw lines. So I think, you know, based on the pedigree and the body of work that he showed this past year, you know, it's hard to um, it's hard to say he won't have similar impact this year. Yeah, I, I like that that point that you made. He'll have to be more efficient, right? Uh, he yeah. was the number one option when it came to Kansas yeah. City a season ago, and yeah. but also at the same time, defenses aren't going to key in on him specifically. Right. The game plan is going to be around Wahab. The game plan is going to be around Ace yeah. Baldwin. So he'll kind of float around and and make people say, "Oh, we got to adjust in the second half for him." So I like that Penn State has options, and Mitchell yeah. definitely opens up the offensive dynamic for the Nittany Lions, Zach. Yeah, I think it's more of a well-rounded offense, Zach, where he's not going to be required to shoulder the same type of weight. But at the same time, even if you look at, you know, the if you break down the splits of his game log this year, when he gets hot, <laughs> he can really take over a game. And I think talking about the FGCU game, talking about the North Dakota, North Dakota game, um, there's been times where he can just go off. And uh, but at the same time, he probably won't they won't need him to go off. You know, they won't be so heavily relying on him when you got Wahab. You know, you got a big uh, space-eating center that's got tremendous experience, you know, back-to-the-rim threat, catch-and-post threat. So I think overall he might not have the same type of presence, but, you know, 12 to 15 points, five, six boards, something like that I think would prove prophetic, but I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, for anybody that is interested in getting that full perspective, go check out Zach's article, which is on happyvalleyinsider.com. Again, Penn State Rivals is now your go-to place for it. It's always been your go-to place for everything Penn State Athletics, but Locked On Nittany Lines, privileged to be a partner with them as the go-to podcast of Penn State Rivals. In this final segment, Zach and Zach, myself, Zach Seiko, and Zach Smart over on the other side, recruiting analyst for Rivals talking about high school recruiting now because Penn State is filling out the roster with veterans. It's been extremely focused on older players. We've kind of teased it a little bit that schools are just more interested with the available older talent. They're not forced to go off to the pros. The COVID-19 extra year of eligibility has done just that. But to get Penn State's perspective uh, on why they're missing guys like Kerry, because I think Kerry Booth could have played a lot, right? Uh, I think oh, Luke, yeah. Kane could, yeah. Luke Kane could have had a, a good amount of minutes, but they opted to go other places. I'm not going to include Braden Shrewsbury and Logan Imes because I don't think uh, there were legitimate opportunities to retain them as incoming freshmen. But Zach, why is Penn State struggling to get high school recruits at this point, or is it just something they're just not they're just not focused on? They don't they don't want to get high school recruits in this cycle. That's something a year or two down the road for them. Um, you know, at this point, I think that uh, with Blue Cane, obviously played a tremendous environment down there in Florida, IMG Academy, you know, great feel for the game. Good shooter. He looks like Kyle Guy and he kind of plays like Kyle Guy, too. Mm -hmm. So I think him going to Georgia with Mike White is really going to benefit them. Um, Kerry Booth, again, you know, uh, uh, six foot ten, 
all around skill set, played yeah. arguably the best program in the country this this past year at Brewster Academy. Um, I think that in today's recruiting climate, you're there are going to be situations where you don't get the best or you don't get the top tier players. And, and like I said, high school recruiting is right now it's as topsy turvy as the transfer market just because there's so many different you know pieces being shifted. So I wouldn't really worry about. I wouldn't really think that it's that they're getting beat out. But you know, as far as that goes, I think their success in the recent transfer market is going to give them some momentum moving forward. So. Yeah. And I think, I mean, if we look back at Micah Shrewsbury, he brought in a lot of veteran players and kind of knew that too, that at least it's about a season to season basis. Of course, you know, it's always about the next game, the next game. Well, that's in the case of it's always about the next season. So I think Mike Rhodes and his team will be a little more adept when it comes to getting high school recruits in, in the next cycle. And I mean, what's that approach look like? I mean, Mike Rhodes again, has the ties to DMV, the DMV, of course, VCU. He was bringing in a lot of talented players for that. The eight, you know, the Atlantic 10, the a 10 is not going to see world worldly players, but Mike Rhodes is turning those guys into people that have NBA potential that can be serious contributors uh, and be top names in college right now. And Ace Baldwin for the exact example here, uh, and Nick Kern. So what is it that Mike Rhodes is looking for when he is recruiting at the high school level? Well, I think that, you know, going back to what we said, I think that some of those guys were just Shrewsbury's recruits. And, uh, right. you know, that's going to happen when a coach leaves. Those guys are going to follow him. You know, that's just recruiting. So I don't really see that as, you know, too much of a concern. I think that, you know, Mike Rhodes, obviously the DMV area and other aspects, he's got a, he's made a lot of inroads over the course of his career and he's been able to develop a lot of relationships. But I think that Penn State, you know, with Nike EYBL, They've been able to scour, you know, that market pretty well. They just offered Matthew Hodge, you know, a six-eight forward who's coming off a really tremendous session too. He's playing with the PSA Cardinals now. Uh, I want to say he led St. Rose out in Jersey this year in scoring. Uh, shot blocker, rim to rim guy at six-eight. He's already got a college-ready build. He's already, you know, open floor finisher, and you know, he's able to stretch the floor out with three-point shooting. They're actually also recruiting his brother. Jaden Hodge, who's a 6'5", 2026 prospect, um, also playing with the Cardinals, also at St. Rose this past year. Deadly shooter, you know, has good elevation on his shot. Really crafty finisher, Zach. He can finish with both hands in traffic, and he's just got that little European game to it. So I think that they're they're making the right moves right now on the EYBL circuit. And I think that a lot of that is going to come to view later on. Remember, they just got there. So I think that it's a lot of uh, re-recruiting some guys and also um, finding what, you know, finding the type of player that fits their style, that, you know, hard level defender, all 94 feet. And I think that it's going to come down to the style and the fit of their play. And they're going to continue to make waves on the, uh, on the EYBL circuit. So obviously they offered a player that the previous staff was pretty bullish on and Matt Gilhole, uh, six foot 11, just a tremendous all around player with a deft outside touch knack for corner threes. He can play in traffic. So I think that uh, they're going to be hot on his trail. They're going to continue to make traction with him. Obviously this year, playing for an established coach like John Buck at Lujai, which, you know, is coming off of net, uh, New York State Federation Championship. 
I think that's going to open more doors to him and he's going to wind up, you know, packing on more offers and piling up more offers. But I think, you know, they have a legitimate shot at him. Penn State basketball is fun again, and that's why it's great to have these conversations and get experts yep. on the show, like Zach Smart himself, again, a recruiting analyst for Rivals. Uh, where can people, just to, to wrap it up here, Zach, where can everyone keep up with your incredible stuff? Well, thanks for that. I wouldn't call it incredible, but I appreciate the compliment. Uh, uh, NYCHoops.net is one of my many sites. I also have my own website, Zach Smart, you know, where I um, have a number of both, you know, obscure and known recruits uh, coverage with that also at uh, Penn state site and the Rutgers site. So I'm all over the place. All right, Zach, I hope we can do this again at some point uh, with the way that Mike Rhodes is turning Penn state or keeping Penn state basketball on the right trend. So excited the next time, you know, if, and when we get the next time to have this chat. Absolutely. Zach, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. You got good initials too, by the way, brother. <laughs>